Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's cooking, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The O Show with Jack O'Hara. The podcast is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ, Floyd Money Mayweather himself, formulated with the perfect combination of boxing, strength, and cardio conditioning intervals designed to make you look good, feel good, and leave you with more than just a great sweat. It's the best group boxing workout in the market. Head on over to Mayweather Boxing and and fitness. The O Show is also presented by TickPick.com. No hidden fees over at TickPick ever. Not tacked on at checkout, not anywhere. We hate bogus service fees just as much as you do. Our buyer trust guarantees means your tickets will always be valid. If your event is ever canceled, you'll get your full money back, full refunds at TickPick.com. You have a chance to win a trip to the MTV VMAs this year on August 22nd using TickPick.com. Download our app and enter the chance to win two award show tickets, flights, accommodations, and more. Guaranteed best prices. We've unlimited the stresses of price shopping. If you buy tickets on TickPick.com, you know you're getting the best price. For example, I got Pearl Jam tickets a few weekends ago. I used StubHub.com. StubHub.com gave me tickets for $55 each, and it's what I thought it was going to be, $55 with $30 added on taxes and fees. That means it was an $85 ticket at TickPick.com. Could have gotten tickets for $35, strictly $35. No hidden fees if you want to go to TickPick.com for that let's get after it oh jack jack o'hara boy you asked me some interesting questions my man it's a great question jack jack hey it's josh radder hey there jack o'hara it's johnny damon jack you had questions for me jack o'hara absolutely this message is for jack o'hara jack how are you hey jack Jackie, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, jack uh listen man you know you you, you asked me a couple questions Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien, with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Hey, Jack, how's it going, man? Can you hear What's me? What's up, boss? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Dude, did you go to the Sox game today? I was working the Sox game today. Uh, yeah, you were there. So... You were at Fenway? Yeah, yeah. I just came back like 20 minutes ago, so... I just got my like MLB.tv all set up, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, Sox game because the Yankees were they're just atrocious. They're so underwhelming this year, dude. Yeah. So I I showed up in the bottom of the ninth. Kevin Euclid is doing color commentary, and I'm like, they yeah. might be able to pull this thing off. That would be awesome. I know that was like the most exciting inning uh, for the Red Sox. They they had nothing going on the 
Uh, they, they're facing Gosman the entire time. They couldn't hit him at all the entire game. Um, and he was, he was going for the complete game, but then like first batter story got a single. So they a quick hook. And then the second they brought in a reliever, that's when they finally got something going the Red Sox. But Dude, um, it, been yeah, awesome it was a little, yeah, too, that would have been baseball for you. Right. They can like, they can't hit the dude all day. And then a reliever comes in, they win the game on, you know, whatever. You should have seen uh, the Yankee game at though, the end, dude. but uh, the Yankee game. I only saw that clip where like Boone walked. Yeah, um, Miggy, so he couldn't get 3,000. Yeah, so they're like booing him like crazy. America was booing them out of the building. I've never heard boos yeah. out through a television. It was insane. Yeah, I saw like a, beat re- a Detroit beat reporter's tweet. He's like, I've suffered through like 115 lost seasons with the Tigers. He's like, I haven't heard Comerica Park booing, uh, you know, their, t- uh, their opponents so loud before. So Could you imagine yeah. being those fans, though? Like, that's going to be their only game of the year, and Miggy's sitting on 290. I know. I bet, like, yeah. I bet the majority of them went just for today. And yeah. then they walk. Like, it was, like, that's what you do as a manager. Like, you made the right call, but you knew. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. But, oh, my God. No, rough, rough for them, fan-wise, for sure. So how are you doing, man? I can't believe that um, this, is, this is like been a year and a half in the making. I remember when we got off our call last time, I was going to be like, we got to do this again soon. It's been like 15, 16 months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I remember I talked to you. I was, I remember I was going to like LA. I remember like a couple of weeks after I talked to you. And I think that was like November of 2020. So yeah, a little like a year and a half. So it's good, man. I mean, you're killing it, dude. Like I see all your stuff back here. You got that studio to work with, like that's like next level. It uh, helps. Shit, yeah. It's like crazy. It, and it like all the guests helps. you're getting too. Yeah, man. Congrats, congrats on everything you're doing, man. It's it's cool to see. Oh, uh, dude, sure. you, you're kicking ass on your end back east, dude. I'm jealous getting to work for probably an organization or at least a uh, an outlet, a network, I should say, that you've probably dreamt of working your entire life. Yeah, it's it's been. It's worked out. Like, yeah, like you said, I grew up a Red Sox fan, just Boston sports in general. So, yeah, you can't beat being here and stuff. Um, Whenever, whenever I'm tired, though, (laughs) long days, I definitely get tired real quick. Oh, I'm sure, dude. But it's a labor of love, dude. You wouldn't want anything else, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Whenever I check out Fenway, hopefully in the summer, I got to check out that new setup that they got in right field, the lounge. Yeah, I went, I went last night uh, just to see it because I I was work i like i told you but like me and my buddy still went a uh, last minute very remy ceremony as well um so i also wanted to be there for that um and then yeah. um night come back and every everyone so able to check it out it's really nice with the like truly terrace and right field um nesson has the new studio yeah there as well so yeah it's, 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 it, cool it, it's interesting it's got like the, all the concessions the drinks just a rowdy bunch of boston red Sox fans and then they yeah. the meet dinner right next to it yeah i know and then that's exa- but that's what they want they want the little crowd around the only thing is though was like we're gonna have so many people flipping off like in the background um so i was like how are they gonna handle that but they put up some like shade thing in the bag where i think like if we don't really want like to see the fans like faces and stuff like we can we can avoid the 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 birds in the background if we can but it's oh, a yeah, cool it's setup. You're right. It's on the inside. That's an yeah, yeah. They yeah. So I think they figured it out the first day. I was like, yeah, what are we gonna do there? But um, it is cool. Yeah. And a lot of standing room areas. I mean, that as you know, Fenway. That's like a big deal. Standing room um opportunities. A lot of college kids. They just can. 
they buy staying room tickets only. So they definitely built a bunch of those little like areas for people and that truly terrace, which is good. So I can't wait to see it. Honestly, it's like Fenway's that one stadium. I I always say Fenway's the one ballpark. And I guess you can throw Wrigley in there too, where like, even if you wanted to tear it down and build a new stadium, you couldn't because it's literally attached to everything else that's going on in the city. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, everything's on it. All the bars are around Fenway too, you know, the whole Lansdowne strip. Um, so yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's constantly, you want to keep stuff the same, but you have to run it. Like the, the beautiful thing about the truly terraces, it just fits in so well. It doesn't like, it's not so new, like where it like stands out to like it blends well with like dimensions of Fenway and stuff. So it's just a good addition, but yeah, everything's centered around Fenway park. Everything else is, built around Fenway, all the bars and restaurants. So it's, you're right. They can't, they can't get rid of it if they wanted to. Like New York did it right. Like with MetLife stadium, if they wanted to tear that thing down, there is nothing else in East Rutherford. Yeah. There's nothing around there. Yeah. So same with old Yankee stadium. They did that perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Are we recording by the way? Are we just, uh, uh, usually I kind of just like go with whatever the vibes feeling like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't whatever. think we've mentioned Nesson yet. That was, that was the one bugaboo going in. So yeah, I know. I know it's oh, actually, let me even your zoom handles. Tyler yeah. Cause I had to do the, yeah. You do like zooms and stuff. You have to put your outlet name. All right. Yeah, I know. It's just like, it's like annoying thing that you're picky with these days. It's like, and like interviews so i believe i, I mean it makes i don't sense. want yeah whatever what, so it's their st- own rule are yeah, you still like doing- i said the only thing i can say what were you saying you can go ahead i was gonna say uh, the only thing i can mention nesson is like the dirty water tv stuff because that's a show i do on the side it, and it airs on nesson so i mean there's nothing they can say about that that's just like the truth but uh okay. yeah okay, so word then anything else i just have to speak yeah very broad even so, though, yeah, people can piece together pretty quickly if they want it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. When I'm done editing everything, I'll just send it your way first, and you let me know what you want edited out in case we... Okay. On oh, yeah. Yeah. We should be good, but I appreciate that, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I don't really care, but I just don't want to get in trouble with them. Who's your dream so. job? No, no, no. So... So is Dirty Water, um, that, that's an idea you pitched to them? No. It, so it's like a, it's been a show that's been running for a while in the Boston area, like a lifestyle show. Um, just people going to like different like bars and pop-up events around the Boston area. And it just so happens to air on, that's the programming it's on. So right. it's like a separate production company that does it, Dirty uh, and it, but it airs on Nest. Saturdays and Sundays, like late at night. Um, and I just started, I got them. My program director from college knew the guy that runs that company. Um, so it just kind of worked out. So I started doing stuff with them, which is, it's been a big opportunity now that's like, okay, that's like, like on air person, like, and it's on Nesson, like it's kind of full uh, launching pad really. So Would definitely, you say it's definitely like- a big opportunity. Would you say you're like established there at this point, being there for a little bit? Definitely not established. I'm still super young in this industry. I mean, I feel well more. I, I feel so like uh, definitely like media wise. Like I think all the other media people know who I am. And definitely like a little more recognition like in the city with like fans. I mean, stop. No, definitely not stop. I don't think I'll have that answer for you in uh, many many years. So. <laughs> 
You're, you're, you're not quite an influencer level yet, but like you're established I'm, in the yeah. industry. Like, yeah, like we can trust this kid with stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. They can definitely trust me with stuff to do. So, uh, but as far as that, yeah, it's like people knowing me or like yeah. stuff, but they, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't that. I mean, I yeah. feel like that you have to be like a certain character, a certain personality. Like Karabas built that for years where like he had like his personality with Barstool. And then he also like, oh, yeah. had his real life persona, which was completely different. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, you just kind of, those type of guys that you just got to be really out there with your personalities. But that does why people generate to Karabas uh, so well, they just draw him. Like you feel like Karabas is your buddy too. And whatever and it's like that's why people are so comfortable approach him they think they they're like best buddies with him but they don't he doesn't know them personally but it's just like that's how you um so that's you know, it's, it's a good thing he's got going on it's he's very authentic people always do the best especially in the social media space so he's doing well would you um, rather be somebody like that who like built like you know, a platform for yourself with a character where, like, you kind of are a star nah. yourself? Or do you like being the guy It's like, I get paid to do my dream job, I get to do my dream projects, get to interact with people I grew up watching, my heroes, but I still get to be behind the scenes? No, I mean, I don't want to be behind the scenes, but as far as, like, if you're coming here, like, I mean, I don't have, like, a... I would never do, like, a character persona like a Karabas. I, I'm not that out there. I'm definitely more traditional in the sense uh, with my background, but... Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the dream also would be, yeah, just doing, like, on social media or, like, on your own is, like, definitely the dream. Like, I wish I could do YouTube as, like, my full-time job. That's probably not a reality, and I don't really have the expectation for myself, but I have no problem working for a network and stuff. Yeah, I want to do the on-camera stuff full-time eventually, but for me, I decide to take the behind-the-scenes route at a place like Nissan, or, yeah, we haven't started yet. <laughs> Yeah, place like Nesson and um, and you know, see what opportunities I can create for myself. And that's just the approach I take instead of going to super small local, you know, whatever, or try to make YouTube a full time thing. Like, that's the road. I'm happy with my decision so far. I think it's given me a lot of opportunities, and we'll see where it takes me. You know, I'm gonna try. I'm good. You're you're still a young kid, dude. Like, we're we're still trying to make yeah. it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We're we got the same. Time. Yeah. So that's why. Exactly. We got time. So I, I try not to put too much pressure on myself. I think it's, I definitely did been able to do a lot in like the year and a half I've been in, I've been in living in Boston and new stuff. And like I said, now some opportunities are starting to happen of the direction I would like to take like the dirty water. The fact that opportunity came about, that's, that's huge, honestly. So that's definitely something to highlight. And I hope to get more like freelance opportunities like that in the area. That way that will help justify a lot of things in my head to hopefully stay in the area and, because I want to be here, uh, but eventually I want to do the on-air stuff full-time in some capacity. So, um, yeah, so that's always kind of the question I wrestle with. I try are are you out. always open to doing, like, whether it be, like, reporting, on-desk stuff, play-by-play? Because, you know, coming out of Dan Patrick School, I'm sure you've learned a little bit of all of it. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely done all that. I mean, I definitely more reporting would be ideal. I would definitely do, like, desk stuff for sure. Play-by-play, um... I mean, I do it more on like a free basis. I I never had aspiration to be a play-by-play -play guy whatsoever. Like that's I've, that's something I've considered. Like looking around here, just like see if college games around here, just do some play-by-play because -play. I do have experience doing it. Um, but it's not that a dream goal type of deal. But yeah, at this point, that's kind of what I'm trying to do here. Is like 
obviously I have my net on a day to day, but just whatever freelance on air opportunities I can get around Boston. So it, whether it is play by play, hopefully reporting opportunities, that's kind of what I'm looking at. So, uh, and like I said, that helps by a lot of things for me to stay here and over I'm at and all that type of stuff. So you love Boston, like ideally yeah. you like to stay there. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You can't beat this mall, man. You really can't this, especially for just like anything. It's just such a fun city, man. So I have a good time. Definitely made a lot of in the last year being here too. So, oh uh, yeah, ideally I would love to stay, but I know I'm realistic. Like I know how this industry works. People have to move around a lot. So, you know, I, I would say when I first like got out of college, I was like, you know, very driven and career driven and very ambitious. So it's like my whole mindset was only like my career, but I don't know. I try to, even though I, I do a lot still now, I try to not be Mr. Workaholic for seven. Like I try to have some fun moments and enjoy life outside of work and stuff. And so I don't know. That's the why amount, I like being in Boston. That's everything. <laughs> the amount of times, dude, I've been called a workaholic. I can't even, I can't even count, but I, I agree. Like you find, you try to find that balance, like yeah, and personal relationships with people and how to navigate both while growing both it's hard yeah it is really hard that's the biggest challenge and that's what every person in this industry would tell you like it's hard to have a work life but i don't know so i try to like try to i'm always looking much like i always like what's next what's next what's next i need to do a better job of trying to be present of where i'm at so that's what i'm trying to get better at i guess that's really what i'm trying to get at so like with everything that you got going on too, like you have moments of frustration where like you can't see the bigger picture. You're always looking at what's next and then you kind of have to remind yourself or someone else reminds you, be like, Hey, live in the moment, man. Like you're, you're kicking ass right now. You're still young. You got plenty of time. You're, you're farther ahead of the game than most people, you know, like do you ever have those moments. Well, yeah. I mean like, yeah, like I, like I said, I'm always like kind of just like moving 24 seven. So it is like, I went back to like my college, um, at Full City University, like a month ago, I was doing like helping out the students there and speaking with them. And um, yeah, I was like, my teachers, some of my ambitions, and they're like, realize where you're at now, realize where you were like, as a, you were just college kid like a year and a half ago, and think of all the stuff you've done in the last year and a half. I was like, you know, those type of moments like help you like so. And honestly, like doing podcasts like this, where, like you're reflecting because like, I don't reflect much. It's just, you just move on to the next day, you know, you just, and then you realize, Oh, you know, stuff happened in the last week until someone like sends you a message being like, you did this or blah, blah, blah. It's like, um, I went, my friend, I hung out with yesterday. Like he, my, you, I did like a speaking thing at Yukon over the weekend. And I was like, shoot, only like a couple of days ago. That feels like a week ago, bro. Like I'm tired. Like there's so much stuff that's happened since then, but so I don't know. You kind of just have like friends and like people remind you, which is, which is nice. But yeah, I mean like, well, yeah, I guess I, I don't know if frustration is the right word, but yeah, I just like kind of always think about what's next. It's just like always been my mindset. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't live in the past, like, but at the same time, you got to appreciate everything you do. Yeah. You just got to appreciate that. So that's kind of what I'm working to be better at.
but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, getting to a certain stage, like, you start hearing from people, like, not even, like, close friends. Like, I've heard from kids that I went to, like, middle school with recently. Like, right. they're doing like, Magic Johnson or something. I'll be like, oh, hey, man, I always knew you could do something. I'm like, yeah. I haven't even thought of you since, like... You haven't talked to them in forever. They hit you. I know. Yeah, I get. I definitely get those, too. But I, don't know, I, I just try to be nice, but it's funny, like... We are not definitely not friends, and uh, I haven't talked to him in like five or seven years, you know, something like that. But well, honestly, you're gonna of, keep getting that, dude, with some of the people you're interviewing. You're it's honestly, that, bro. it's kind of cool getting to hear from people. It's like, yeah, like we're not friends or anything, but like it's cool to hear from you. Like I definitely it's like there was cool. a stage in my life where we were friends, even if yeah, it wasn't. No, like nine it's years. all humbling. Yeah, it's all like cool at the end of the day. Any anytime anyone take the time to reach out to you, you know, out of their busy schedules. It's always cool. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So what do you enjoy more? The personal interviews that you've been doing or just kind of like the media scrum stuff too? Like I saw you on calls with like Belichick and the Patriots and getting to do stuff with a ton of other people. Like do you, do you enjoy having more of like a civilized conversation like this or is it cool getting to interact with like some of your childhood heroes, even if it's for a few minutes? Um, good interesting question i mean like i think anytime you get a one-on-one with anyone that's probably the most ideal scenario so i guess that that's like when you can go in depth in a conversation in an interview um so i guess if i had to choose one or the other that no matter who it is whether sports or entertainment but um you just take any opportunity you can get in that case with someone like belichick it's a zoom call with other media people so you get your one question the brief interaction but but then most people can definitely something I never imagined talking to Bill Belichick, like already, like at when a 23 years old talking to Belichick, no way I thought that would happen. Um, the crazy thing is I tell the story a lot, but just, when I was in college in, in my interviewing class, we had an in-class assignment once as if we were supposed to interview Bill Belichick after a game. Uh, actually the example uh, from Miami game when they lost <laughs> at the end. Um, and like, what would you, we had like five minutes to be like, what would you ask Bill Belichick, you know, after that scenario? And it's like the fact not like a year later, basically I was like interviewing him for real. That was a pretty surreal moment. And then I got to like text my interviewing teacher and be like, Hey, I just talked to Belichick. Like I remember your uh, class assignment and the clip to his current interviewing class. So it was like, you know, it's cool for them. Because you see, okay, this kid was just in the same seat as I was a year ago, and he's doing <laughs> what we're practicing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So you just take whatever moment you can get. I mean, same with, like, Kevin Durant. When I talked to Kevin Durant, that's a Zoom call, but it's freaking Kevin Durant. So it's, like, so dope. Oh, dude, uh, dude so you'll take any, you'll take any moment you can like get that. with these guys. Yeah. What's up? Like, that's why you get into this industry, to, like, talk to exactly. people like that. Even if, even if it is one yeah. question. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, I'll take any moment with Kevin Durant or Bill Belichick. But um, yeah, if any, of course, if you had the choice, a one-on-one conversation is the the most ideal thing if you can. And that's why I, I like my YouTube channel because I can do whatever I want for my YouTube channel and spend as much time with these guys uh, as I really want. So it's fun in that sense. I believe it. Like, how do you balance those two? Like, cause like work is fun and you have all that stuff. Then you have your own channel that you want to build, which is probably something you got to do off hours. Like how do you balance all of that? I mean, it's all a labor of love, like I said before, but you, you, like you said, like you're going from event to event to event, you're exhausted. You got a ton of stuff going on. Like, how do you balance it? 
Um, you know, it's a good question, but that's kind of just how I've always operated. Like literally since high school, I think about when I used to go to my classes all day at school and then right from school, like literally right from school, I drive to a ballpark and did the minor league baseball stuff. And I did the same stuff when I was in college at full sale. I did my full sale classes, did well in that. Then I would do my other side stuff, whether also in minor league baseball there or the entertainment stuff. Cause I started, um, you know, going to conventions and social media events there. And then it's just been the case now here. Like I do my job and, um, yeah. And then just like whatever side stuff, YouTube is a side thing. Dirty water now is a side thing, whatever. These speaking engagements is a side thing. I always, I've always had like a side thing. So, um, that's just kind of not new to me in that sense, but yeah, yeah, it's always a lot of work. That's how I, but that's how I always constantly think and operate. Like, to be honest, right after we're done with this interview, even though I've been at work since like eight in the morning today, I'm going to start editing a YouTube interview I just did a couple of days ago. That's just like kind of my process, you know? So, um, and I don't, so that's kind of what I always do. Like, and I try now to do a better job of fitting in like fun moments and like hanging out with friends and just going out more and doing that stuff and setting aside time. But my apartment like this, like, I don't know, might as well work on stuff. You might as well. So yeah. Do you live alone? Yeah, I do. I, I live alone, so which is Me nice. Me too, dude. Just nice. moved into a new place all by myself. Uh, congrats, dude. There you go. You got the little setup with the plants and the what is a TV? Actual picture. It's a you. TV, and I found a brick wall background that's gonna play for like there you go. hours. I like it, man. I like it. Yeah. So I got I got a one bed uh, for a good price in Boston. I lucked out with the price I got it at. Um, so it's good. Or I guess Watertown. I, outside the city bed, which helps, but, um, so how far yeah, away are you from bad. Fenway? Fenway, like 15, 20 minutes type of deal. That's perfect. So, and then Ness and it, uh, <laughs> the place I work at is down the street. So it's like, it's perfectly where nothing's too far away to where I need to get to. But like, I don't live in the city city, which I also don't mind I'm in the city so much. So it's actually nice to get a break sometime. Um, if you know so it's, it's quiet where i live and i like where i like where i'm at so so we can't even say the the initials of where you work nah i can't yeah yeah so <laughs> has anybody else gotten in trouble for using them yeah people get in trouble so that's why it's like a big rule there now so yes jeez i know they're a little stingy with that type of stuff but yeah so uh, biggest we'll, we'll cut out that we'll cut out that tiny that tiny bit so Oh, I'll flag them. I'll make sure every every time. At this, yeah, I'll just yeah. say I'll say Nesson, 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 Nesson. At this point, I'll yeah, go. yeah. <laughs> okay, there in this go. area, we said Nesson a lot. In this area, yeah. So when it comes to like media scrum stuff, to go back to that, you know, you're in there with a plethora of media personality, right? And you get your one question. Has there ever been an instance where like? How many, how many questions do you prepare? Because I'm sure there's times where someone asks oh. a question that you had, and then you have to adapt. Uh, so many. It just happened today. I was I was on a media call with Devonte Parker, who just just got from Miami. And the question I was literally about to ask um, was the guy before me. Yeah. Um, so I just had to think of something on the fly. Actually, it wasn't that that great of a question, but it was something. <laughs> Prepare like honestly, like seven to ten questions, even if I only. And honestly, sometimes those seven and ten questions you prepare quickly on the fly, maybe you hear something and you just adjust. You just hear something they say and you're totally different uh, train of thought. So um, 
But that is one thing I always suggest to people is if you go into a media scrum, you can't just have your one question in your head or one or two. You need to have like 10 questions in your head because the chances of someone hitting on one of your topics is likely because um, that is the one thing in media scrums. I guess, I mean, some, sometimes it depends on the PR staff, but sometimes the PR staff dictate who gets to ask the question. So you're kind of the mercy of them. Um, but yeah, it is like you, I prepare like 10 questions uh, for every media interview. Dude, the Bill Belichick one must have been stressful then. Because even yeah. if you ask him a good question, he's not going to give you like a satisfying response. You know what? I've had so far, I've talked to him like a good amount of times now, probably like six, seven, eight times um, this past season. And the feedback I've gotten is like he's given me a lot of, I would say, a lot of good responses so far. Um, this past season, you know, the one thing at the end of the day is like the mood of these guys. If they're not in a good mood, they're not, it doesn't matter how good your question is, how you word it. They're just not going to give anything. So it just depends sometimes with Belichick. Sometimes he's in a decent ish mood where he'll talk more. And sometimes he's in a bad mood. He's going to give you one word answers, no matter how great your question is. So I think honestly, an advantage going for me though, is he's seen all these reporters for so long. He's seen, the Mike Reese is the world. I love Mike Reese. It was not like a shot of Mike Reese, but it's like all these same beat guys for so long. I'm a young dude. I look like I'm 16, but I try to be professional too. So it's like, I think for him, it's like fun to have like a new young face, but like I do take it seriously. So I'm not just like, you know, I, I feel like I ask like decent enough questions. So I feel like he likes me and I think it's worked in my favor and he's given me long and some in-depth answers that I, honestly don't think a lot of some some reporters have been able to get from him so i know we've used some of it at the company i'm at so it's been a yeah it, it's he's tough to figure out but that he's also like my favorite in that sense too because i love the like trial and error with him like i love the challenge of figuring out what works with him and what doesn't oh as a reporter that's probably yeah. the dream because like if you yeah. can navigate that Q and a, you could do anything else. Yeah. Exa that's how I kind of look at it too. It's like, if I can handle Belichick, like I should be able to handle anyone else. And yeah, that's kind of the case. Um, and you definitely got to be careful on those too, because those things are so, those things are public. Like the way you word your questions, everyone hears it. I remember my brother who doesn't follow sports whatsoever. He gets a random message from his coworker on LinkedIn saying, Hey, I just heard your brother's question on TV for Belichick. So it's like, you for, you kind of forget sometimes. Cause like I do these zooms, like from my apartment, like this, it's like, you feel like no one's listening or anything, but then you get reminded quickly that people hear these questions and these, these are used as sound bites everywhere and, you know, information for articles. So it's definitely important how you word your questions. You don't want to go viral for the wrong reasons. So you definitely want to make sure you're at, you got your A game on when you're talking to someone like Belichick or another high profile person. Cause that stuff can go everywhere. And yeah, yeah. like I said, you don't want to go viral for the wrong reasons. And you can never, you never know when you could use it too. Like that one game, but when they won the Super Bowl that year, they started out like two and three, and he was like, "We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati." Yeah. Whoever framed that question, like they could use that in their reel forever. Be like, yeah, that, that soundbite lives um, forever. Yeah, actually, I, I forgot who did. It. Um, he was just on Rich Eisen show like last week. Whoever the Pats guy, because he just talked about. Oh my. Really. Like yes, so find like a Patriots beat for, beat reporter that was just on Rich Rich Eisen show like last week or so because he literally talked about he was the one that asked that question they were talking about that's the only that's so funny you brought that up because I was like oh yeah they just talked about that the other day I forget I forget which reporter now but yeah no you're right it's like you become known for that guy 
So if you have something like decent enough or you get a memorable soundbite, you can be known as the guy that got that certain answer out of Belichick or whoever. Um, I'll find it for you. I'll do it. Yeah, you can't even look like when you look it up, it doesn't even pop up. So if it yeah. was recent, I should be able to find it. But that's funny because, like, yeah. again, like it, all it takes. Yeah, is- someone he was just talking about, he's like, I was the guy that asked the question that got that we're on to Cincinnati. I was like, oh, shoot, you're the guy. So he's big uh-huh. enough to be on Rich Eisen. Yeah, whoever the beat guy was, I don't know. So, um, yeah, whatever, whatever. But yeah, the point is, yeah, if you have something good and you get a good soundbite of a guy, like that becomes memorable, like, yeah. You can, you could have that on your reel forever. You're, you're known as that guy, and that's that's huge. I mean, it, it's so interesting. Like, would you want to be a like a beat guy, like someone who's just like uh-huh. there? Like, you're not a, like a lot of these beat guys. Like, they're awesome at what they do, but it's because like they are like a legit fan of the team. They live vicariously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I never, I wouldn't say no because like I'm not in a position to say no to something yeah. like that. But I see how hard beat dudes work, beat reporters. I mean, yeah, their whole lives are sent around these teams and especially something like baseball every single day. I oh, mean, yeah. these guys, they, these guys don't sleep. The Chris Cotillos of the world, the Pete Abrahams, the Alex Spears, like these guys work so hard in so many long hours um, that, yeah, it's just, I don't honestly know how they function every day. I really don't know how they do it. A lot of coffee and Red Bulls, I guess. I don't know the answer, but. Um, yeah, it's like you almost have the mentality of like, yeah, I'm tired, but I can only imagine what the 25 guys on the roster are feeling right now, having to play every day. So suck it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, we're not (laughs) physically working, I guess, mentally working the entire time. But um, yeah, I guess so. I think it'd be cool to follow a team. Um, Definitely, that's definitely a young man's um, type of job, in my opinion. Um, So we were talking about work-life balance. That throw that out the window, especially if you have like a family or whatever. It's funny, like. It's funny we we're talking about this because, like, I was just talking with Jemai Webster, who's a the Red Sox sideline reporter today. We're just chatting because he's going on the road. Red Sox have another ten game road trip. They're flying to Tampa tonight, then they go to Toronto, Baltimore, and he just went. He was at spring training the whole month. And then they opened up the season in New York and then Detroit. He went like a little over a month without seeing his wife and two kids. So we we're like chatting about that stuff, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, it's a young man's game. It's like it's tough." He's like, "Sideline reporters, they have." Five years is like the max for a sideline reporter because uh, you can't do this. Like, it's just so hard to do it for a long period of time. And that's now, is, kind he, of big... is he still looking to climb the ladder? Like, does he want to go above and beyond reporting or does he like what he's doing right now doing sideline? Jemai? Yeah. Jemai? Um, I think he likes where he's at now. But, and that's the thing too, like ambitions change. He, like he told me, he's told me before when he was younger, like, yeah, you want to go national. You want to go to the ESPNs of the world and all that. But once you think about, Oh, you have a wife, you got kids, like your ambitions change. And like, I've seen that before too. And you don't want to travel every single week and you don't want to, you know, just work every single second. And I I get that. Honestly, I get that now. Um, You want to have a little work-life balance. So I think, I think he's happy where he's at, to be honest for Jemai. And yeah, like I said, I I, I see it more now than like I did like a year and a half ago. Like, like I said, like when I first came out of college, like it's just my career, 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 career. Yeah. But I don't know. You just, you got, if you enjoy where you're at, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's funny how mindsets change like that. Like, yeah. Remember, mindsets change. I remember uh, growing up Jersey watching the Yankees and Mets growing up and 
Kevin Burkhart, who's now doing like a ton of big play-by-play games for the NFL. He does pre and post games during the playoffs with A-Rod, Big Poppy, and Frank Thomas, and whatever. He was doing sideline for the Mets on SNY. Throughout my oh, I remember watching him back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And like total BS stories of just like, oh, you know, <laughs> kid eating a, a, an ice cream cone and it fell and the mom bought him a new one. And like, <laughs> you know, like tragic story becomes heroic, you know, stupid yeah. stuff like that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, he's calling games for Fox. What happened? Like he actually like climbed the ladder and got his opportunity. And now he's rolling with it to the point where he's probably going to get the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, Fox moving forward because Joe Buck's yeah. with ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, and that's and some guys do that too. Like they just continue to climb the ladder, and it's good for him. And Kevin's a good dude, so I'm I'm happy to see his climb for sure. Um, and not saying like someone like Jemai won't go on a national one day, right. but I know you know it's up to I him know and his mindset if that's something he'd want to do. Yeah, but I think for him, I think he's happy where he's at, and. Like I, I've learned now, like there's nothing wrong with that. Like you know, it's like you enjoy where you're at. If you like it, you, yeah, you just dude. That's do, the whatever dream. So. Getting to a point where like you show up to work every day. You know what your job is. You love what you do. You got yeah. a family. You got a wife and kids who you love. Everything in life is going well. And then that's when I feel like it'll hit. Like even like Jemai in a few years, it could be like, hey, someone came knocking for like a play-by-play opportunity or like on desks pre and post game, a little bit more money, whatever. And like he wasn't even thinking it because mm-hmm. he was so happy in the moment what he was doing that they saw how happy and how good he was at his job. Yeah. So it's funny, be shocked yeah. a few years down the road, him get like an offer and be like, oh crap, like I wasn't working towards this, but maybe it's something we should pursue. Yeah. And that happens a lot too. It's like sometimes when you're not looking for stuff, that's when opportunities happen. But it's like when you are going so hard, looking for stuff, you know, whatever, you're so worried about that or just timing's not right because, you know, things are out of your control at the end of the day. But, yeah, you just put your – sometimes you just, yeah, put your head down and just enjoy where you're at and work hard. And people are going to want to present you opportunities rather than the other way around of you chasing them. So, yeah, you never know at the end of the day. Who do you think is the uh... – like the epitome of hard work out of people that you worked with, whether it was at school or people now who you're working oh. with, who isn't you, but like who is someone that you watched on a daily basis and be like, they have grown so much since the first time I started working with them. Oh, grown so much. Uh, well, that's two different questions. Grown and work hard. Cause if I should just say work Fair. hard, like, um, okay, Tom, let's, let's go with work hard first then. Yeah. Like Tom horses. Karen, Tom Karen, who's like the pre and post game oh, yeah, yeah. host for Red Sox. That dude's DC. a beast, man. He's a legend. Yeah, everyone knows him. Um, but that dude works a lot of hours and is very involved in the content there, too. He, he cares and definitely is vocal about, you know, how to make the, the shows and the content better, which I appreciate, you know, since that's definitely like I'm a, I'm a content producer. So that's helpful when talent uh, have an opinion <laughs> and care about the product. So, um and he just he works a lot of long hours, and so definitely TC is the first person I thought of. Um, as far as grown, um, I don't know. I'll just give a shout out to like my roommate in college. Uh, his name's Taylor Schaub. Um, he graduated from Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting as well. And right now he's a sports director in Bakersfield, California. He's killing it. He just covered the Super Bowl. He's done stuff with the Olympics. So, um, and we're similar age, same timeline. So. Um, it's really cool to see all the stuff he's done. Cause I knew how hard he worked just being his roommate. And he, when we were in school, he, w- he, um, got this like opportunity to 
freelance um, for some morning show that was at like five in the morning. It was like super early, but like he would get up at yeah, like three something, four in the morning to go like host this show at five in the morning that I'm sure no one's watching, but the fact he was doing it, it was cool. And then he'd go to class right after he hosted the morning show. Um, So like that, that's a different work ethic that you don't see from everyone. So the fact that he's doing so well at this, uh, station he's at, and now he's the sports director. And he's, I saw him at the Super Bowl. He was doing stuff at the Super Bowl in LA. It's like, that's so cool to see. So I'll give him a shout out. Taylor Shop, I like that. Oh my <laughs> Not God. to boost his ego even more, but I, I'll give him the shout out. I'll make sure to make this a clip then. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Collab. collab he will love this. He will love that he was the shout out. But yeah, it's cool. See, I, whenever I think of that, like doing shows middle of the night, I'm like Robin Scherbatsky, How I Met Your Mother. Like that, that's the start. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, did anybody watch my show last night? Yeah, seriously. No, just catching up on that's my That's how seat. I feel sometimes too. But yeah, you know, you never know who's watching. More people are watching than, than you think. I'll say that. Definitely more people pay attention than you realize. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like you have those moments of like, obviously we're not the bigger networks. Like, and I'm talking about like our own channels that we started. Oh, yeah, own, yeah. Right? Like every now and then you get like someone reaching out to you, just like, like Jack Curry from the Yes Network reaches out to me every now and then, like, keep it going, man. Like, I'm like, oh shit, like people are actually every yeah, now and then at very least watching. Yeah. Well, I just had someone like last week, one of my YouTube interview clips got featured on um, Barstool with Dave Portnoy and his podcast, BFS Pod, out of nowhere. It's not like yeah. I didn't have any contact with these people. Um, so it's just like, I don't know how they... F- they found it, but it obviously showed up for them somehow, and that got used. So it's like, yeah, you're right. It's like you never know. Um, that's that's why I love content. It's like you never know who's watching and what can happen and how that can change things for you and opportunities that come about. So um, definitely, man, definitely, just keep posting. That's why I say, yeah, tell people don't, I don't worry, don't worry about the views, you know, and all that stuff. Like it'll come. That stuff will come organically, and opportunities will come about. Just Put your head down, have fun with it, and just keep posting, you know, if oh you my love God. it. I remember, like, honestly, when I was starting out, like, not getting the views and putting stuff out there every single day, that that time in my life, like, even, like, two, two, three years ago, was, like, the most enjoyable aspect for it, for me growing it. Where, like, now yeah. it's fun, like, finally getting to a point where, like, oh, Magic Johnson, like, I know. Yeah, you can interview him. Like, you, you seem, like, legit enough to interview him. Like, it's cool, but, like, I, I remember, like, the gritty moments of, like, having to prove to people that, like, mm. I'm somewhat of a professional in this and yeah. that I can do this. Uh, it was just, like, a different feeling that, like, really fired me up. Like, I don't know about but, you. Like, if you that's, more, out, like, that's more about you than I would say, like, your social media following, per se. You've proven to them that you're a professional dude. You do a good job, like... And that's, that's something to be proud of. And that's kind of how I feel too at times. It's like, yeah, I guess once in a while you had those moments where you still need to prove yourself. But oh, absolutely. The fact, but the fact those moments when you don't need to prove yourself and it's just like people take you seriously because I have a body of work to present to them. And if you look at that body of work, it's good work. And, you know, I, I, take, my, I take it seriously, these interviews and present, presenting them well and making them look good. It's like, it's cool that people look at you in that way because uh, that's, you know, we put so much work into this stuff and that's how we want to be presented and how we want to be looked at. So the fact when people do look at us that way, it's a good feeling. So, um, but that's, that's definitely more on you and you as an interviewer, you as a personality. And so a lot of, a lot of credit to you, man. Do you ever have moments of like, like maybe I should just stop this? Like, like I said, like maybe every now and then you don't hear from someone just being like, keep up the good work. Like do you ever have moments where you're like, 
maybe this isn't working out, not monetizing it the way I want to. Like I already have this job, maybe focus on this a little bit more. Or is it still more of like self-balance? This is what I love to do. Like, like you said before, like it's just instilled in your brain. Like you're going to get off this call and start editing some videos just because that's what you do. It's what you love. I honestly, it's literally just like fun for me. It's just yeah. like fun to be honest. I don't even worry about like the money because like I don't make that much money off of YouTube and like brand deals from social media, like a little, but like nothing that would support me full time. Right. But it's just like, I just enjoy making content and I enjoy the process of like, building my name and getting to know more people and checking things out with bucket list and then seeing what opportunities come about because I do YouTube. I've gotten so many opportunities just because I do YouTube, these YouTube interviews that has nothing to do with sports, literally nothing to do with right. anything I do in sports, just solely entertainment. So, and that's how I look at it too. It's like, I have a full-time job that's in sports, which luckily is what pays my bills mainly and all that stuff. But, and, but now I have all these other opportunities in a whole different world in entertainment that, can be equally just as fun. And that's kind of how I look at it. It's just fun for me at the end of the day. I try not, I really, I can honestly say I do not worry about like views and subscribers and followers on social media and money, making money off that. Um, maybe if I had that goal and expectation that, like, okay, I want to be a YouTuber full time, maybe then I start worrying about that more. But that also is not my thought process either. I just want to keep building my name in the media industry and opportunities for myself and frankly that's what it's done for me so that's why i just keep doing it for those reasons i'm gonna make that into a snippet too because i feel like the number one biggest discouraging thing for young content creators is the subscriber base the view base the likes that they're getting you know if you get like yeah. 12 likes on a video like oh i gotta delete this like this right like that insecurity exactly. part of your brain opens up you're like this this was no good like no it, it was great potentially it's just not getting in front of the right eyes just keep exactly it out there yeah it doesn't mean it's bad necessarily but like if you love making content you're that's your love. So just keep posting, you know, if that's, that's what you enjoy doing. So don't worry about that stuff. But, and it'll, trust me, you'll feel so much better too. Like mentally, if you don't, if you stop worrying about that stuff. Um, yeah, you just feel way happier. But like I said, I mean, I guess if my advice was like someone that was trying to pursue to be a YouTuber full time, I guess I don't have the best advice for them because I can't say I'm that or I've done that. But if you're just trying to post content to build your name in the industry and like what you've been doing, Jack, and a lot of other students, like they want to start podcasts. I'm like, yeah, just start the podcast. Like, yeah, maybe not people are listening at first or whoever, but say if, say you want to work at like a company one day doing media, the only person you care about that likes your podcast episode is the one person that's going to hire you. So, you know what? So in that case, you only care if one person listens and likes it. So um, that's what I would say. But yeah, it's just... It's just fun at the end of the day. It's also a chance to just work on your skill set too. Work on your craft, you know? So Amen. that's kind of also another way I look at it. It's just like, I just get to practice, you know, doing interviews and being on camera. So Amen. look at it like that, it's nice. If you're going to start out doing a show, you got to know like, this is not going to be great starting out. Like you might, you know, have your chops down and it might be a good episode, but like think when you're, 300 episodes deep or like three years out from where you started, you're going to look back and be like, Oh, that was awful. I'm, look how much we've grown. Yeah. It's going to, you're going to think it's awful and you're going to say, Oh, no one's watching, but everyone starts off at zero. Literally everyone starts at zero. So you just got to remember Joe that. Rogan had like 40 views on his first podcast on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, that's why I just say, just keep pushing, just keep, keep going at it. If that's what you want to do, you know, you want to do this stuff. That's the beautiful thing about social media and you can make your content. Now you can put yourself on camera right away. You don't need to rely on a local TV market. Like it was back in the day to make a name for yourself. You can do it now. And, um, whether it happens at that moment with the content you're making or later down the line, but you build that base for yourself. You started um, making content. So um, that's why I would just say, yeah, just, just post and don't worry about all that other metric stuff and all the other factors. What do you think is like the most important aspect of growing, not just like growing a channel, but like growing your reputation as someone that people could take seriously that will open up doors for you to work where you're currently working in Boston, getting to be in media scrums with big name personalities. Like what do you, what do you think was like the number one thing for you besides discipline and hard work, obviously that set you apart, like just instinctively, like the intuition that you have in your brain, like what do you think set you apart from other people, even more talented people that you went to school with? Um, I mean, like, like communication and stuff. Like when you think about when you set up an interview, like that type of stuff is like important. Um, how you are a professional, how you pitch yourself to do the inter- w- interview with someone, how you communicate with follow-ups. Um, if they need to adjust, being able to give them a good proposal to adjust and just like, I don't know, just, yeah, I, I feel like how you, I don't know, talk to people necessarily. Yeah. I guess that that stuff matters um, and helps you stand out in the sense. So um, I don't know. I guess that would be my answer to it. I don't know if that's the best. Like what, what kind of like personality would you say that you have when you walk in the room and interacting? Yeah. Well, your personal, yeah. Just how you present yourself basically a lot like confidence too. Um, And hopefully it's not like irrational confidence. It's like, okay, I've, I've just been doing this. Like I got, I'm confident in my skill set. It's not like a bragging type of confidence. It's just like, I feel ready for these opportunities for these moments. Like nothing's too big. So I don't know, I guess that at the end of the day, but I would say, I guess to my first point, just like profession, being professional with your communication and like um, knowing how to handle like scenarios where I don't know, guests don't show up on time or they, whatever, you know, whatever thing happens. Like I've had a million guests. I'm sure you have too that they cancel last minute or they don't show up and you know, whatever, you just gotta, you just adjust and, you know, think of, um, whatever solutions. So yeah. Do you have any like stuff. big guests that you were supposed to have on that canceled at the last second and then never rescheduled? Oh yeah. Like a ton, man. A ton. I don't want to name drop people, but yeah, a ton of people, a ton of people for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I won't give you names for that one, but Definitely, yeah. Because you never know. You don't want to burn bridges. I never know if I run into these people again. So you're smart, dude. You're really smart. <laughs> I had a media scrum one time with Dave Matthews from Dave Matthews Band, and he yeah, slapped yeah. the phone out of my hand and broke my phone. And I tell that story constantly on podcasts. What? Yeah, that's why. Wait, he, why would you say anything? Like, or did he just like was since? I mean, there's no reason to justify that, but like, how how did it lead to him? use him slapping the phone well we were at a we were at a music festival and media was for whatever reason and i didn't get this memo we weren't allowed to record audio we had to write Uh, down everything like on a notepad uh, which they gave us which i thought was weird that they gave us one i'm like i could just record with my phone no big deal now (laughs) so in the media scrum i immediately put my phone out and in my mind i didn't even realize that i was the only one doing it and i he was just like in a bad mood i think he really wasn't giving anybody good questions like yeah you it's mentioned probably before. a combo 
Like Mm -hmm. maybe Bill Belichick's in a bad mood today and like you're not going to get a good answer regardless of your question. It was the same deal with me and he like immediately was just like, no, 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 we're not having any of that and slapped the phone out of my hand and I immediately heard it shatter on the concrete. Oh, man. But I picked it up, put it in my pocket, asked him a few questions and he was just like, all right, enough of this and then left. Oh, you just asked him a few questions. Look at you. See, that's a pro move. Just don't keep asking even though you're probably pissed. You know, it's oh, crap, dude. but and I immediately like my brother is a musician who lives in Nashville, loves Dave Matthews, like his big inspiration. Like Dave Grohl, Dave Matthews are his two big inspirations. Oh, man. And I immediately I'm like, Dave Matthews was shattered, my phone man was awful. He's like, yeah. Did you piss him off? What did you do? What did you do? Yeah. It wasn't defending even, Dave Matthews. Yeah. You're like, this wasn't defend me, you're my brother. Come he's on. like, he's like, Dave's on tour, he must have been exhausted, and you're just out well, there like, just um, rubbing your phone in his yeah, face. Yeah, there's no there's no justifying slapping someone's phone out of their hand that you don't know. So no. I went back to that that's a wild festival. story though, bro. I went back that's to that a- same festival this year though, and they're like, We now have audio. I'm like, You're dead. <laughs> you're like, Great, great. Now when you're too late. <laughs> that's no. my one horror story with someone. I won't na- say the name, but, and this is a, this is a, such a weird setting for this to happen too. When I was covering minor league baseball in high school, um, and I'm like 10th grade, like I want to go interview this player after the game. I had interviewed him the year before, so I knew him a little bit, but was, you know, it's the next year I want to interview him again, former big league guy. And just for whatever, like, I didn't do anything different than I normally do, but just starts cussing me out like crazy, like F bombs. Yeah. Mother effers. Yeah, anything you could think of. And I'm just like, what the heck? I'm like, all I did was just ask this dude if I can interview him real quick. So uh, I still don't know what the heck happened. Obviously, he was in a bad mood, but um, it really came out of nowhere. And just like, I remember being just like shocked afterwards. Like, right. what just happened? And yeah, that always sticks to me. I'm like, he's just like cursed out this like high school kid for no reason. I'm like, I'm just, whatever trying to do an interview, but whatever. You just got to know it's not you. You just needed yeah, yeah, in that you case, needed yeah. an outlet to vent to, and you just happened to be the person standing there. Exactly, exactly. So, but oh, that's most part, I haven't had too bad of like horror stories like that. That That's pretty bad. So, I mean, you I, get I always notes. tell some of my producers, I'm like, my dream is to be halfway through an interview and ask too personal of a question to where they just hang up. Yeah. And that one person, you're like, this might toe the line. And if it does, and if they hang up, whatever. Yeah. Bucket yeah. list. That is the bucket list. Get that viral moment. See, if that, if that moment was recorded of Dave Matthews slapping that phone on her hand, that would have went viral everywhere. So <laughs> oh, it would have ruined him, dude. It would have ruined his reputation for sure. But, I'd um, be on a beach somewhere right now with all of yeah. the lawsuit money. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. What would you say is uh, a dream interview for you, on whether it be on Dirty Water or just in general? To kind of like get into your brain of like why you kind of got into this and like what would be like a full circle interview for you? Yeah, uh, well, full circle wouldn't be like Dustin Pedroia because that was like my favorite player growing up. So I think to ever meet him would be great. I still haven't met him or seen him since being here in Boston because uh, they have a lot of alumni come back, but I just haven't seen him yet. So that'd be a big one uh, personally. I mean, Tom Brady is like a good one to, oh, to get course. one day. I thought I thought for a hot second I might have my chances because I thought when he was retired, you know, I figured he'd be back in the area. He's got a store on uh, Newberry Street. You know, they'd bring right. him back for the ceremonies and all that type of stuff. But then he unretired. So I was like, okay, I might have to wait a couple of years <laughs> to get my right. chance with TV 12. Um, and I don't know. I've always just wanted to interview big names. That's always been, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of why I got into it. And, you know, I've always wanted to interview like LeBron James, you know, it's just like, I want to say I've interviewed these people. So, 
Um, that's kind of always been my bucket list. That's why I like getting people like Katie and Belichick like is surreal because those are the type of people I target and the fact it's already happened um, multiple times is just like insane to me. So, um, but yeah, like people that like that, TB12, LeBron, and then Petroya for sentimental reasons, I would say. Well, I'll reach out to DMAC, Darnell McDonald, see if I can hook Yeah, up. Darnell. Hey, man, Darnell McDonald, I got to tell you this, dude, was like one of my favorite, like, obscure Red Sox players. Like, dead ass. My parents bought me, um, when was he on the team, like 2010? What, they bought me a signed 8x10 photo of him hitting um, the walk-off against Texas because they knew, like, I love Darnell McDonald. He was, like, my favorite, like, random Red Sox player. And it was probably a cheap autograph picture, too. Yeah, man, yeah. It's probably pretty cheap, but for me, it was like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, I can't believe I got an autograph with this dude. So it like literally hung up in my room. So you could tell DMAC that, that I got a sign eight by 10 of him somewhere, I guess somewhere now, but um, yeah, my parents got me that when he like first joined the team and hit that walk off. <laughs> he was my guy. So dude, I, I remember watching him play just like, this guy is so good. And then the Yankees acquired him for like three days. And I'm like, yeah, oh, the hot- McDonald's on the Yankees now. I know Then he had to cut his dreads. And like, um, that was like a big deal. I remember <laughs> that's what he always tells me. Like, F the Yankees, man. Like I had to cut my dreads. I just, yeah, he had to cut his dreads for it. So yeah. Crazy man. But we all have those obscure autographs on our room. I, I still have a Clint Frazier Yankees <laughs> picture in my room that I have not had the time to take down. I remember like Jose Molina, the backup catcher. Oh yeah. Of course. My parents got me an autographed picture of him for my birthday one year. I'm like, okay. I yeah, can't, even at nine years old, I'm like, this is probably <laughs> a cheap nine. autograph, but I I'll I'll take it. It's okay. Um who are, my parents bought me. Um why am I blank on this dude's name? Oh my gosh. Uh, whatever. I can't remember. It's like a star giants player. Um, bought me this huge, like eight by 10 signed photo. And for the longest time, I thought it was signed by this dude. Oh my God. I can't believe, um, like his name, but you know, I was like freaking out. I was like, I thought I was like, Oh my God, I got a sign eight by 10. Come to realize like a couple years later, I was like, it's not a real autograph. It's like a printed autograph. Oh, really? Photo. So, so like all those, like those couple years, I thought I had a real autograph for this dude. And I was like, never mind. I guess it didn't. But yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah. Your parents, parents just buy whatever. It was like, oh, he likes baseball. Buy him something baseball. He's a baseball player. My, my mom knows nothing about sports and in general. So she used to buy me like those, like, like t-shirts of like players, but they like haven't been on the team in like five years. But she saw that Marshalls for like on the, you know, whatever, for like, five bucks or something right yeah oh dude my closet is like jose molina shelly duncan do you remember that shelly duncan yeah of course um god clint frazier andy phillips who played for the yankees first base andy like Phillips. A, wow That's yeah i have man. all of these weirdly obscure autographs just like in my closet i'm like i'm never gonna display these yeah exactly i know so unless i, remember, I like my these guys one day which wouldn't be shocking at all and just be like hey remember yeah, yeah. So Remember when you could sell autographs on SteinerSports.com? Yeah, <laughs> Steiner. Yeah. That's why it's like my parents got me like a Jason Bay like autograph. I was like, okay, sounds that, good. That one did not age well. He was so good in his prime. Yeah. And then good for the, the Pirates. Signed him. Yeah. Terrible on the Mets contract. So stole money from them. Then was like a co- cup of coffee with the Mariners to end his career. And that's that. He was oh. actually a good Red Sox. He was good for that like year and a half with the Red Sox. In 09, so he was in the Manny yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, but yeah, kind of kind of funny, yeah. If I look back, I like I haven't been in my house in Connecticut in a while, but like if I go back there, 
like I just have right just like all these old autographs and old memorabilia and old t-shirts and it's just like it'd, it'd be fun fun to look back one day but then realize like how random all this stuff is so yeah and then I'll find that Darnell McDonald picture and I'll let you know <laughs> oh dude we got to display it somewhere yeah, yeah I'll yeah, bring it to my yeah. new I'll bring it I'll bring it to my apartment here I'll, I'll live on hang it somewhere <laughs> whenever you do shows like who is that number five. yeah yeah it's a random Darnell McDonald picture in the background so yeah, man. Oh, well, I'll definitely see if we can hook that up. He brought, like, he, he's been mentioning names to me. He's like, dude, we got to get, I'll uh, see if CC wants oh, to yeah. come on the show. I would love and... to do one with him. I've never, uh, have I talked to him? I don't think I've talked to him before. So that would actually be, that would be a cool moment for me to be on a podcast that you guys are hosting that uh, D-Max, D-Max see, but if the we guys. do it, you have to have the picture with you. You got to drive Okay, uh, okay, okay. So you give, give me a couple months. Give me a couple months then. I got to go back to Connecticut first. Uh, I'll that's remember that the picture. That's like what, like an hour and a half, two hour drive? uh yeah actually like closer like two and a half from where i am in connecticut um but it's not bad but you know the funny thing is i i haven't gone back home like that i I went home more when i lived in florida than i do now being in boston oh really i don't know yeah it's i thought i would go home more being here and like now i'm just a car ride away but uh i don't know bro it just gets busy here quick (laughs) yeah it's just not not the most flexible sometimes but yeah, no, so. dude, I get it, dude. No, we definitely yeah. got to hook that up, though. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I got. I'll probably. I'll think of some questions for him because, like, I don't know. It might be throwback. Throwback my 2010 Red Sox uh, cap. You know, try to remember that team. There uh, might be some questions where he's like, I don't even remember that. Yeah, he's like, I don't even remember this dude or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, him and Mike Cameron were buddies. I always remember them. Those yeah. two. Were they were doing a podcast before too. Oh, they were. Like, for like uh, during COVID for like a few months, but they stopped it. Oh, no way. Okay. So he's always wanted to do like media stuff or just like fun podcast stuff on the side, DMAC. Right. Kinda, yeah. He's doing cool. like his whole meditation thing with the uh, SVA sport and he wanted to do a podcast, but he's like, I'm not, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a writer. Let, let's How'd see you guys connect? Do. Like, did you interview him in the past? Is that how he, yeah, like, dude, each other? Okay. he was like one of my first five interviews back when I was like a freshman in college and we kind of wow. just like loosely stayed in touch. And I had him back on the show a few times recently earlier this year. And okay. then we came together with the idea of doing that for um, his SVA stuff. He's like, I'll just invite all my MLB guy friends on and we'll have a blast. Like, is that something you're interested in? I'm like, you're like yeah. That, yeah, that's worth the investment alone, getting to interview some of these MLB guys. Absolutely. That's like a great way actually to get in, to be honest, in the industry sometimes. I see that a lot with like guys is like they're co-hosts of like players, podcasts type of deal. So um and that's a great way to, like, I see it in the NBA world, like, um, Davis Reed, who's a guy I've been able to get to know a little bit. He's Duncan Robinson's co-host on long shot pod. And now they're yeah. building a name and he's building a name in the industry. And obviously Tommy Alter is a bigger name with like JJ Reddick's pocket. I don't know Tommy, but right. Like that's, that's, a, that's definitely a way to like make a name in the industry. And that's a fun way, man. Uh, like, for it, sure. That's like ideal, bro. Yeah, all it takes is finding that right personality too that you mesh yeah. well with. And they're like, he was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Like, yeah, not, a, bro. not a question in the world. Like, yeah, that'd be fun. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, and that's a time-consuming thing, too. So the fact that you said yes to that, or, like, want to do it, um, is, uh, is cool to see. So definitely, man. I, I listened to a little bit to the Tyson Ross one, so I got I to gotta finish that one. But uh, that was a cool one. He is probably the most well-put-together, well-spoken baseball player I've ever talked to. Yeah. That guy's got yeah. his stuff together. James Loney, we talked to the other day too. He, James Loney. He's very like well okay. put together. was like pitching ideas to us about like starting like this hangout show or like 
kind of what like A Rod and Michael K are doing on. Oh, Netflix. okay, yeah. Like, like a he's like, I kind of like that, but I don't like those two together. Like maybe like, <laughs> we can like get more people to jump on for like a network and do it. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, yeah, James Looney. Let me know. You're like, okay, bringing ideas to the table. You're like, I thought it was just an interview, but not a production meeting. But let's oh go, <laughs> dude. Like they get into old stories of like when they were like teammates or when they were playing, and the episodes go like 90 minutes. And Darnell, I'm um, like, sure, probably cut them down to like 25, 30. I'm like, dude, it's up to you, man. Like you're the yeah, one. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's story time is reflection time for you guys you just get to be a bug on the wall jack and just listen to these i'm just so. a kid in the candy store in the corner absolutely like, that's how i feel now man that's how i feel now fenway like i just you're chatting with the guys and like especially with like multiple like the other day i was like oh, around like whitlock and um tanner hauk and they're like the best friends on the team and i'm just standing there with them like and they're just chatting or whatever i'm like right. i don't know why i'm in this conversation i don't know why i'm in this little hurdle right now but i'm just listening to you guys chat and talk it up and it's like that's so cool man so so how often like do you actually get to like just go into that back studio by the lounge and just hang out what do you mean back studio the like the studio that nesson has over there we're off air now so i'm gonna talk yeah, about yeah. but um just well, like, i mean i just visited like literally this week for the first time to see that studio so like um, are you like do you have like a pass to get in and just like yeah i mean yeah i got a credential so i mean i could go in if i want um yeah. But I don't know. I mean, there's no, there's no really point for me to be in there, to be honest. But it's it's cool to see. But I'm on the field like every day, so that's probably more interesting. Um, so every time I'm at Fenway, like hang around, batting practice and stuff, and chat with the players, and then anything I get from the good from the players, I'll send to Jamai and our producers and see if it's content of some sort right. worth using, whether it's like an actual soundbite to use or just like information Jamai can use for a hit, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, that, that's the beautiful, the credential, you can kind of just go anywhere, everywhere and anywhere. So it's, uh, that's kind of nice. Dream, dude. Yeah. That's the dream. That's why I, I love being at Fenway. I never take it for granted. I like, I try to soak that in every time I'm there. It doesn't get old. It, it doesn't get old being there. So, so what are you do, do, doing like during the games then? So during the games, I'm doing my behind the scenes production stuff. So that's what like, Basically, my days when I get there, so even for like today, like I got there eight something, nine, prepare all my production stuff, like prep for the day, um, get that ready. We take the lunch break, but instead of me taking my lunch break, I go do the media stuff where everyone else takes the lunch break because right. that's, that's a golden opportunity for me. Do the media stuff for like an hour and a half. And then um, once it's like gets closer to game time, come back, get ready for production stuff, do stuff in the production truck for the game. I run the score bug that you see in like the top left-hand corner and like sponsor stuff that goes on air. And just like, honestly, just like helping out, like the broadcasters be like, how many strikeouts does this guy have in his last start? Or like just finding information. Like we're not that big of a team at Ness. And so it's just like, right. you're the research guy too. And you're just like, this guy had this many strikeouts last time. So um, that, and then once the game's over, I go back to the field and do like media stuff like post game interviews and all that stuff. So Dude, that's why I was like, intense. yeah. So that's like the second I get there, I'm busy. Um, and I'm doing both, but 
it's definitely worth it. So it's what's cooking, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the O Show with Jack O'Hara. The podcast is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself, formulated with the perfect combination of boxing, strength, and cardio conditioning intervals designed to make you look good, feel good, and leave you with more than just a great sweat. It's the best group boxing workout in the market. Head on over to Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. The O Show is also presented by TickPick.com. No hidden fees over at TickPick ever. Not tacked on at checkout, not anywhere. We hate bogus service fees just as much as you do. Our buyer trust guarantees means your tickets will always be valid. If your event is ever canceled, you'll get your full money back, full refunds at TickPick.com. You have a chance to win a trip to the MTV VMAs this year on August 22nd using TickPick.com. Download our app and enter the chance to win two award show tickets, flights, accommodations, and more. Guaranteed best prices. We've unlimited the stresses of price shopping. If you buy tickets on TickPick.com, you know you're getting the best price. For example, I got Pearl Jam tickets a few weekends ago. I used StubHub.com. StubHub.com gave me tickets for $55 each, and it's what I thought it was going to be, $55 with $30 added on taxes and fees. That means it was an $85 ticket at TickPick.com. Could have gotten tickets for $35, strictly $35. No hidden fees if you want to go to TickPick.com for that. Let's get after it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.